Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Well, hello everybody and welcome along to a very special real world road test. Let me just kill the subject of this real world road test on the Radio Show Limited network of channels for a moment. So, as beautiful as that automotive symphony was, you probably want to hear me describe this ultimate blue car that's in front of me. Today, we are looking at the very top of the Aston Martin range of cars. The fastest road going Aston Martin, clocked at 208 miles an hour. Yes, 208 miles an hour. The subject of this test is the 2019 DB11 AMR V12. Real World Road Tests. Well, there's no doubting that this car is an Aston Martin. Uh, Let's look at the design in a moment, but I've popped the clamshell bonnet here to have a look at the very heart of the beast. New, relatively new, uh, in the Aston Martin range, uh, a a technical partnership with... uh, AMG has provided the V8 and the V12s in the most recent set of cars. This is a 5.2 twin turbo V12 mounted, what Aston Martin called, in a front mid-engined layout. What does that mean? The engine is very much still in front of the driver, but it's pretty much all behind the front axle line. I'm standing right on the front axle here, looking down through the gap here at the top of the wheel arch to the wishbone suspension that I can see through there. Plenty of meat left on the tyres as well. A big strut brace that goes across the top of the engine in a a cross-brace fashion. Fantastic piece of engineering in itself. Listen to this. Sounds solid, doesn't it? But there's probably... I don't think there's a full cylinder that's ahead of that line of the front axle some of the ancillaries absolutely a couple of big plenum chambers either side of the v12 block and then the rest of it in front of the car and therefore in front of the wheels is air intake radiator fan etc so what that does is it pushes the weight distribution towards the back and with a eight speed transaxle with paddle shift we've got a pretty decent weight balance on a car that is still unashamedly front-engined and by the way attention to detail under that bonnet is fantastic as it is when you drop the bonnet and before i do that just have a listen to this very lightweight on the left hand side there's a soft close for the bonnet which i really love okay let's talk about styling lot of talk about Aston Martin styling. The Vantage uh, is the smaller engine, uh, the smaller car rather, and what Aston Martin's Andy Palmer calls their Hunter. This is a Grand Tourer, and from the front, absolutely Aston Martin. Four air uh, intakes on the top of this AMR version on the bonnet there, and it's the clever use of styling cues that allows the bonnet to still pass all the pedestrian safety bits and pieces that you've got to do now but still has a beautiful floor across it these highly stylized headlights here that are actually behind the clamshell 
tips up above that. The Aston Martin mouth, if you will, the grille, I think works really well on this car. And because this is an EMR version, you've got a little bit of a splitter underneath as well. And interestingly with this car, the intake at the front is split with a body-coloured piece of trim there on that front air dam, which is where the number plate, the licence plate, sits. On the Vantage, the licence plate has to sit in the grille, and I don't think it looks quite as good as this. Snouty, aggressive, very Aston Martin with the big Aston Martin wings in the front. Going down the side, the Aston Martin straight cuts straight into the wheel arch uh, and sitting behind some very impressive uh, sized wheels and tyres at 20 inches, multi-spoke black with the big Aston Martin calipers under there. Bridgestone S007 tyres on that, which are interesting in their performance particularly in the cold of a British autumn need to get some heat into them before they give of their best and more on that when I get the driving impressions in a moment but let's come down the side of the car a beautiful piece of engineering and design on the rear view mirror that's on the side of the door it's a pillarless door of course and you just push the handle to open it up sumptuous interior i'll get in there in a moment one of the best design features of this is the little scoop on the arrowhead rear window lovely big hips on the car as well this in ultimate blue with a gloss black roof really suits the car too why do we have a scoop there is it to get a bit of uh get a bit of air into the car no it's not because that comes straight down and out here just ahead of a little pop-up rear spoiler the rear of the car very much sculpted and the uh, aston martin feathered lights on the back that air comes out and helps to keep the aero profile of this car very clean indeed what that does is it's providing an aero solution to putting a big spoiler on the back and it keeps the air over the rear window attached for longer. No rear wash wipe on this car, and it doesn't need it because of how that works. It's very clever indeed. Fine piece of design. There's no bad angle to look at this Aston Martin DB11 AMR, and certainly not sitting at the back. Those big wings, the rear wings, the hips, as I mentioned, uh, makes it a little bit wider at the back than the front. And again, clever use of design cues where things look like they're sticking up, but they're actually concave and a beautifully sculpted rear end with the two big exhaust pipes out the back. In the boot, well, you can do a week shopping in there. I have done it. I've been to the supermarket room for at least a couple of suitcases as well. Now, let's have a look at the business end of this. We've talked about the heart of the car in terms of the V12 engine. Let's sit inside for you. And you are cosseted absolutely cosseted in this car and who, who knew by the way that back in the 1970s British Leyland got it absolutely right and they were super on the cutting edge of development with the Austin Allegro yes I am comparing an Aston Martin EMR DB11 with an Austin Allegro for one thing and one thing only the Quartic steering wheel Aston have gone with a steering wheel that isn't round very flat bottom which then curves up both the sides and has a different radius on the top so it's not quite as square as the new corvette uh, steering wheel is on the c8 um, but it is definitely a throwback see what 
BL didn't know back in those days for the Allegro was that we were all going to go to paddle shift and have loads of things on the steering wheel. And what was laughed at in those days is absolutely perfect in this DB11. Lots of carbon fibre, lots of leather, fabulous seats, which are wonderful to sit in. And uh, a big upgrade in this DB11, which was the first of the new... Uh, generation of Aston Martins uh, we've got uh, shamelessly taken from uh, Mercedes-Benz and no bad thing there the command system here I find it a little bit fussy uh, and not perhaps as intuitive as some other German manufacturers I could name but it's a massive step up on Aston Martins of the past and I know you're going to say you don't buy Aston Martin necessarily for a good sound system because you've got a V12 engine what better sound system could you want or how you can integrate but people do nowadays and this £175,000 car I have found to be an extraordinary an extraordinary piece of equipment because it can fulfil so many things. Um, Centre console is mostly but not totally touch sensitive. I still like the piano keys for things like the climate control, which is very good indeed, by the way, and sort of needs to be because um, it does steam up in here. There's no guttering on the side. So if there's any wet on the car at all, every time you open the door, it does drop down. If you have the windows open and it's raining, it does come in if you're standing still. So you can get steamed up, but the climate control deals with that. Um, the only big downside to the climate control are the air vents. I'm sorry, but they just don't fit with the rest of the interior. And neither does the surround to the sat-nav and control uh, screen, which, in common with many other manufacturers, just sits there. It looks like somebody's just thrown a tablet at the screen and fitted on with a bit of Velcro. And the surround to it just doesn't match the quality of the other materials on the dashboard. Um, it's still a bit clunky, but it's a way better version uh, of sat-nav than in the older Aston Martins. Uh, I define anyone not to get comfortable in this. It's uh, got very Mercedes controls, which includes uh, rake and reach for the steering wheel, everything on one or two columns to the side. I love the arrangement of the thumb controls on the middle uh, uh, the top two spokes of the three-spoke steering wheel. Um, it's brilliantly simple, and the feel of the alloy on the pedal on the paddle shift. Just have a listen. Sounds quality, doesn't it? Of course it does. Everything that you touch here is of absolute top quality. Now, I'm going to get out again and just bring me thoughts together while I have a look at this car. You won't hear me drive this car in this real-world road test because, quite frankly, this car is a beast and I need all of my concentration to drive it to any degree of its performance, which I haven't scratched, by the way, anywhere near the outer edge of the performance envelope. You'd need to be in a country way bigger than the United Kingdom to do that. The stark facts are this. 5.2 V12 with two turbochargers for 630 horsepower, 630 horsepower, and a massive, a massive 700 newton metres, that's over 500 foot-pounds of torque, and that comes in from 1,500 revs. The result is this is a car that has distinct personalities, two distinct personalities. It's a Dr... Dr. Jekyll, in terms of its technical ability and its comfort and its grand touring abilities. I've done a thousand miles in, in this car. 
and it's a Mr. Runaway and Hide if you want to put your foot down and switch it into Sport Plus mode. Uh, three different modes for the electronically adjustable suspension and for the engine modes. And in Sport Sport Plus, they should really call that Rice Krispie mode because you get snap, crackle and pop out of the two big exhausts at the back. I've seen people criticise this car to say they don't really know who it's for. It doesn't really fit into any particular category. Is it a GT? If it is, well, the back seats are too small and the back seats don't fall down and it's not as practical as some of its competitors, particularly German ones with, which starts with P and ends in Orsha if it's a 911. I've seen people say it's not a real sports car because it's too big and too heavy what are these people on? it's two cars, three cars, four cars in one it does everything brilliantly if you want to lazily drive around select D and cruise around if you want to rev it if you want to make a noise if you want to make a statement and let's be honest, you've bought an Aston Martin so you do want to make a statement then stick it in S plus and use the paddles. Even then you shift up at 11, 1200 revs. And even then, and wait for this, because this is going to surprise you, on longer journeys, anything up over 100 miles or so, and if you're taking in motorways or freeways, and you're keeping towards the legal limit, which is difficult, I'll tell you that, a flex of the tour will not just lose your licence, but probably get you locked up in prison. But if you do that and stay around 70 miles an hour, either driving it yourself or on the cruise control, then you're going to get somewhere near 30 miles to the gallon. That's what I did. I promise you that is true. You're going to sit down and say that I'm talking nonsense. The official figures are over 28 miles to the gallon uh, on long journeys, and I reckon you can beat that, and I have done, in a couple of 200-mile trips up and back to the northeast of England. Do I have any criticisms of the car? Very few. I wasn't keen on the Bridgestone tyres that took so long to come up to temperature. These S007s, once they get there, mind you, do give you wonderful levels of grip. But I think you might want to swap onto something um, a little less compromised for winter driving. And I suppose if you've shelled out the money for this car, you're probably going to have a set of winter wheels or not use it in the winter, which would be a shame because it's a fabulous all-rounder. The other thing, the traction control. Um, you can change it around. You can have on, off or track mode, which also affects the electronic stability program as well. I found it in its standard setting, particularly with the tyres cold, rather intrusive. So for the most time that I've driven it, then it's been in track mode and if you do get a little bit of wheel spin at least then you can control it yourselves. I'm not talking about lunatic, head down, mindless boogie, burning the tyres out here. I'm just talking about the immense amount of torque that this car gives because if you aren't careful, you can quite easily come out of a junction and even if you're on the paddles, the cut on the engine will almost stop the car in its tracks and you don't have to be hooning it i don't think i've used full throttle more than once or twice because you don't need to that's the beauty of this car that's why it's such a great all-rounder and even though you're not going to hear me drive this car i can promise you that i have driven it every day that we've had it everyone who's sat in it has loved it everybody who's seen it has loved it and it has that aston martin thing that makes everybody look round and give you a wave and you know what? I've even been let out into traffic by BMW and Mercedes owners. So, frankly, it's worth the price of admission on its own. Can't let this real-world road test go without saying thank you to Aston Martin for lending me this EMR 
DB11V12 and also without just doing this one more time the neighbours must love me That is British engineering at its very, very best. And if we stick it onto sport, you just heard the exhaust, no change. Who needs a stereo when you've got a soundtrack like this? This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.